You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. We are sponsored, as always, by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is John Siegley. I'm joined by Sherelle McMillan. We are coming to you live after UNC suffered a 74-57 defeat to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons over in Winston-Salem. Cheryl, let's just start here. In terms of this game on the season, is this about the low point, you think, for this UNC team? Because I think it's either this or the pit game. And frankly, I'm leaning more towards this Wake Forest game because of how it came after a solid, very, actually just very good performance against Duke just this past Saturday. Well, uh, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, depending upon your point of view, they still have you know, at least eight guaranteed games left. So there will be other opportunities for them to um, reach, I guess, the low of the season. But uh, this is close. And what is frustrating about it, I think, for a lot of people who either follow Carolina or root for Carolina, is that, you know, they played well um, recently. Outside of a couple of games, you can't say that, you know, they didn't have a chance to win. I mean, Duke, obviously. Florida State, obviously, they won uh, against at NC State. Um, they had a chance to win against Virginia Tech. They had a chance to win. Um, I, I'm missing one uh, against Clemson at home. Yeah. So they've been in, they've been in all these games, um, and, and they've had a chance to win in the final couple of minutes. But tonight, it just seemed like the cumulative effect of this last month of close games and blowing leads and all that finally caught up with them. And it wasn't that they weren't trying. I just don't know how focused they were. Um, you didn't see a, a lot of energy that you saw on Saturday night, which is to be expected. I mean, that arena is kind of, even with Carolina fans in there, it's kind of like a morgue. <laughs> like, it's just not yeah. very loud in there, so you have to bring your own energy. And I don't know you know, how good of a job they, they did with that until their, their final run where they had a chance to cut it to six, but ultimately couldn't. Uh, but, you know, in a season of lows, this is definitely near the bottom um, because Wake is not a good team. And Frankly, North Carolina isn't either. You are what your record says you are, and they are ten and fourteen, and three and ten in conference. Um, so, uh, not the low point, uh, not a singular low point, but in a season of low points, this is near the bottom. I think. Yeah, about the only thing you can say that saved it is that UNC was able to make the run in the second half. Like you said, they cut it to ten, had the chance to cut it to six, actually, but unfortunately. Keeling missed that three-pointer, but I mean, just to me, the fact that Wake was up, I think by 26 was the biggest lead in this game. I mean, when that happened, that's when I was very close to just turning it off, and it was just an unfortunate kind of just combination of you had the players really just struggling on top of making some bad decisions, and I mean, this really just was one of those games that if you're Coach Williams and the staff, I mean, I don't even know if you bother rewatching the film because there's really just was not anything to take away from this one, in my opinion. I mean, offensively, it wasn't that different from um, what they were playing earlier in the season outside of a couple of games. I mean, you have Cole um, shooting, you know, terrible, five of 19 from the field. And then you have Leakey and Playtech and Garrison Brooks 
or so, excuse me, Leakey and Playtech combining for two of nine, and then Garrison Brooks not making a field goal. Um, you know, when Garrison Brooks doesn't make a field goal, you're obviously not going to win the game. But it it just it it felt like all the rest of the games. You know, the the again the frustrating part is is that they seemed like they were turning a corner, even though they lost to BC. There was some better play, even though they lost to Florida State. You know, that's a top five, top ten team on the road, and they hung with them. Even though they just blew everything against Duke, they played, they dominated a top five, top 10 team for about 36 minutes. So you know what they're capable of. So it's frustrating um, with the inconsistency when they play this game three days later and they're back to shooting 34% from the field, 6% from three. Um, They didn't make 87% of the free throw. So that was good. Um, But just the the atrocious shooting, the bad offense fueled by turnovers. Um, I think they had 14 or 15 turnovers. Um, All that kind of snowballs. And it's just like, you know, once it starts, they don't really know how to get out of it. Um, so it's it's unfortunate just because every time you think there's a chance for them to build momentum, even in losses, you know, they come out and just give a stinker. But that's kind of who this team is. Um, that's where they're at now. And, you know, they still have games to play, so they have to go play them. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, this is just not a UNT team that has the talent to dig themselves out of nights when they are playing bad. And we've said that the entire season. That was very much on display today. I mean, like you said, Shrell, going one for 15 from beyond the three-point line. I mean, we've seen Carolina win some games in years past where they've shot, you know, maybe they've made three threes or four threes, but then, you know, their inside was just on point all night long and they would kill guys in the paint. This team just can't do that. And when there was that lack of focus, Wake Forest really took advantage. They built that huge lead and then were able to ride it out. And I think the most disappointing thing is that Carolina just cannot seem to really put everything together. I mean, the free throws were there tonight. They went 14 of 16 at the charity stripe. And if they'd shot that well against Duke, they win that game. But, I mean, tonight it really didn't matter. And it's just another what if scenario at this point i'm kind of at a loss for words and with the upcoming matchup against virginia on saturday it does not get any easier for them at all unfortunately i I just don't know if um it's really that they are close i mean i guess i guess it depends on how you look at things whether they're close versus whether they're bad and can't finish you know it I guess people with a more sunny disposition would say that they're close and people with a more cynical uh, view of the world would say, well, they're bad and can't finish. Um, And either way, you know, they are a team with a losing record. Um, They're almost rock bottom in the ACC. Um, They're not going to make the NCAA tournament barring a miraculous run. And really I'm, we keep saying bargain miraculous run, but that's not going to happen. So they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, they're not going to be eligible for the NIT. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it had been hard to see this coming uh, at the beginning of November. I think everyone realized they were going to take a step back with, you know, losing Kobe and Nasir and uh, Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams and Luke May. When you lose five guys like that, you're obviously going to take a step back. But I think most people thought it would be, you know, maybe a eight or nine seed, something like that versus, you know, probably Roy Williams' worst season as a head coach. I, I think it's, I don't think it's close actually. It's, it will be his worst season as a head coach. Um, and it's just, it's just ironic that it happened the year he had the high profile point guard who, you know, was going to get attention from every network and they have the all access show. It's just, just a strange year 
all around with so many injuries and so many crazy finishes where, you know, just one more play here or there changes things. It's just been a weird season. And I, I, I wonder, you know, you start thinking about it mentally. We, we've said on this podcast and on Coast to Coast about how they've been able to find a way to kind of get themselves lathered up for a game time and time again, no matter how much heartbreak was in the previous uh, game. And I, I just don't know how much they have left because it's just been, you know, like we said, a long, crazy trying year. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to see how they can turn it around at this point. I mean, we have really applauded the team on their ability to pick themselves up off off the floor, but I just, I don't know what's left in the tank at this point, Sherelle. I mean, let's go ahead and wrap it up with this. With Well, tell you what, before we wrap it up, let me put in a quick word from our sponsors, Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are where you can go to get your Carolina gear. If you do need any gear for the basketball season, for the winter or the spring, Johnny T-Shirt has you covered. Also, baseball season is about to start. You can get some of the Carolina baseball jerseys, which I absolutely love. I think those baseball jerseys are some of the best-looking just uniforms and all of sports, frankly. So if you need that, you can head over to Franklin Street, where John T-Shirt has been in business for decades. They have the absolute best customer service. If you can't make it to Franklin Street, you can always shop online at johntshirt.com, where you can get the same great customer service and the same great selection. And also, if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get 10% off of your orders either there on Franklin Street at John T-Shirt or online at johntshirt.com. You can get that 10% off code from the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's Giant T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. Since we're kind of being extemporaneous and just, you know, don't, there's not much to talk about the game. Uh, Johnny T-Shirt, I have a story, which is, I oh, think, let's our, our, yeah, I think our readers will find it interesting and, and listeners will find it interesting. So obviously Johnny T-Shirt is a place to go. We We tell you that in podcasts all the time, but it has a reputation nationally. And so... It was National Signing Day um, this past November, and the parent of one of the North Carolina signees, I won't tell the name, um, needed some Carolina gear for signing day because they were going to take pictures, and it was going to be a big show and everything, and they wanted to be in some Carolina gear. So they call inside Carolina, they call us up and say, hey, can you can you help us out? You know, where should we go? You know, can they get it here overnight because we need it tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. So we get them in contact with Johnny T-shirt. Uh, they take it from there. And the next day, sure enough, exciting day was that parent in a Carolina hoodie. Um, and it was just tremendous work by the Johnny T-shirts folks to one, find something that they liked to, you know, get all the information, get the address and then able to ship it overnight um, to that parent. So just, you know, pr- kudos to Johnny T-shirt because that parent was excited. He was like, man, next time I come to Chapel Hill, I'm going to go there because they did me right. So, just a fun story about Johnny T-shirt. That's awesome. And for everyone that was at the signing day party, which was over there at the Hickory Tavern in Carborough, you know, John T-shirt had a ton of swag there. I think the response from people was that they really appreciated it as well. So yeah, Johnny T-shirt. I mean, we could talk for, for the entire podcast about how awesome they are. And it's like you said, with a game like what we just saw against Wake Forest, maybe people would prefer that. But let's go ahead and wrap this one up, Shrell, with the talk about Virginia, who are coming up. I mean, how do the Heels get a win against the Cavaliers? Because, I mean, Virginia is not that good this year either. Carolina's, I mean, their struggles are obvious at this point. We know that Virginia is going to try to suffocate them offensively. I mean, how do they turn around? Or does it just come down to having to execute and hope that the shots actually go in for this one? Yeah, I'm not 
I don't think anyone should be expecting a victory, even though the game is in the Smith Center. That always helps. Um, but just Virginia, their style just gives North Carolina fits, even when North Carolina had great players. I mean, there was a team that had Justin Jackson, Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, Kennedy uh, Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, Nate Britt, uh, Kenny Williams, Luke May, a team that had all those guys on it and they were playing that I think barely got over 40 points. Um, so obviously Virginia was better too. But, you know, the point stands is that Tony Bennett's system um, and the way Roy Williams likes to play um, is, is a very good – it's not a good fit for North Carolina, I should say. So I would expect, like you said, suffocating defense, a really ugly, boring kind of quick game <laughs> where there aren't many fouls called, even though there are a lot of fouls committed, where there are a lot of, uh, a lot of bricks, a lot of long jump shots. And, you know, against Virginia, you just kind of have to hope that if you take 23s that maybe eight or nine of them go in and you find a way to win that way. Other than that, I don't really see a, a path to victory just because of the confidence now waning after um, four straight losses since Cole returned. Um, so that we, we thought that might kind of um, ramp up the the excitement for Carolina basketball and ramp up how the players, their energy and all that. But, they, you know, they've lost all four games he's played since he came back. Um, so I, I just don't see a real path to victory. Um, again, barring something crazy where they just shoot out of their minds or um, play over their heads like they did on Saturday night. So what you're saying is that there's going to be a lot of rebounds in in this game coming up. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. You have to get you have to get a shot up to get a rebound, and you know, against oh. the way Virginia plays, it, it's it's difficult to even get shots up that aren't long twos. Uh, so we'll see. Um, you know, I like I said, I don't really necessarily see a path to victory, but maybe they can surprise us. Yeah, I mean, Carolina has done that a couple times this season. I mean, the Virginia Tech game comes to mind as a game that everyone wrote them off on. But, you know, they were able to come back and make that one close, just couldn't pull it off. And that's kind of been the story this season. But, I mean, I I don't think we need to spend any more time talking about this game, Sherelle. It was a bad loss to a bad opponent on the road. And Carolina has to pick themselves up off the mat yet again quickly for a turnaround. Home game against Virginia, Saturday, 8 p.m. on ESPN. So appreciate you talking to me, Real. Hope that you have a good rest of your night, man. Yep, you as well. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best job! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.